Hello, listeners. This is Parenting as a Joke. I'm an economy middle seat at the back of the plane, Ophira Eisenberg. And on the show, we bring together stand-up comics and funny people to talk about their artistic lives and the art of parenting. Basically, how they are creating and raising kids. Like, how the fuck are they doing it? I've been on the road, and uh, I do FaceTimes with my son, of course, and I figured out playing around on FaceTime how to use the memojis so I can be different animals and stuff talking to him. But guess what? Now he only wants me to be the poop memoji, and that's the only way he will speak to me on FaceTime is if I become the poop memoji. He even signs off the last few by saying, Good night, poop mama. How did this happen? It's my fault. On this episode, we have not one, but two cartoonists, and you know their work from The New Yorker and their many celebrated books. It's Julia Wirtz and Emily Flake coming right up on Parenting is a Joke right after these ads. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabay. Annabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Annabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. So I'm halfway through my month of abandoning my family to go on the road to tour with comedy. The tour I'm now titling, based on my new identity, Bad Mom, Average Dad Tour. So I thought it was hard to take care of myself when I'm in my regular busy routine. You know what? When you are traveling every day like town to town to perform, it is impossible. I've put on weight. I think I have rickets. I'm just trying to survive here. So I had one day off in Kelowna, BC, and I was so desperate, I decided to take a yoga class. Off-brand for me, 
but I just wanted to do something nice for myself. Took a yoga class 6 p.m. on a Friday night. I found this place, you know, just randomly called Wild Women Yoga or something like that. And I thought, this is great. I'm going to get a class led by a bunch of post-menopausal women, you know, expounding wisdom with every stretch. But no, no, no. Instead, I got a room full of 30-something-year-old gorgeous women. They look like they just stepped out of a Lululemon ad, you know, just thin and glowy. Same with the teacher. Same with the teacher who started the class by asking if anyone was on their bleed. Then the class started with sharing. Sharing. Do you understand me? One at a time, going around the room, 20 women sharing what they are currently struggling with. And I thought, I don't have time for this shit. Like, when are we getting to the downward dog? I paid for yoga, not listening to strange women's problems without the benefit of cocktails or a therapist around. Like, you know, less sharing, more stretching. A couple women were new moms, and they were talking about mom rage and feeling lonely. Okay, I understood. A few shared about depression. I understood. One woman pulled out her iPhone where she had prepared what she was going to share and read from it. Mm -hmm. It was about having a hard time dating and relationships. Actually, so many of the women were sharing about having a hard time with dating and relationships. And I just wanted to scream, you know, maybe it's because you're in a yoga class Friday night at 6 p.m. You know, get out there and just make out with someone. The only woman that I was drawn to was clearly older than the rest of these women, and she mentioned that she felt very isolated during COVID and alone, and now that she's emerged, she realizes that she doesn't really like anyone. That's my friend. That's the person I wanted to hang out with. I didn't have time, which was perfect. Turns out the only reason she was there was because she was the instructor's boyfriend's mom. <laughs> I know, you're wondering, what did I share? I just kept it short and said I was struggling with cocaine. But I'm back at home for a weekend to see the family, do laundry, try not to micromanage every aspect of the household that's fallen apart. And then I go back on tour for three weeks. So I walked into the door last night. My son saw me, and he just goes, oh, hey, Mom. And then he went back to his snack and his book. And uh, I was like, oh, great, thank you. It was like I came back from the grocery store. But then half an hour later, he was crawling all over me and yelping like a small animal. So I was like, oh, little boys, it's a slow burn. So here we are back to what I love, talking to other parents about shuffling parenting and creating. And I have two fantastic conversations with two amazing women, cartoonists and moms, Julia Wirtz and Emily Flake, coming up right after these supporters. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. So I am talking to not one, but two professional cartoonists today from The New Yorker. And our first guest has made comic books, uh, has made uh, amazing books that have won awards, Fart Party Volume 1 and Fart Party Volume 2. We'll find out if there will be more, plus the graphic novels, Drinking at the Movies, The Infinite Weight, Tenements, Towers, and Trash, and her latest, Impossible People. Uh, Her work has also appeared, in addition to The New Yorker and The New York Times, Harper's Magazine, The Believer. And I feel like she's writing more and more, but let's get her on this podcast. Welcome, Julia Wirtz. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. It made me sound a lot fancier than the reality of me like rushing downstairs and like screaming at my family to get out the door. So can you share the name and age of your child? Uh, Yeah, his name is Felix and he turned three in uh, May. I read a lot of your parenting-centric um, comics. I relate to so many of them. Uh, and I was just thinking, you know, your first two books, Fart Party, Volume 1, Fart Party, Volume 2, how do you feel about actually creating a uh, physical version of Fart Party 3? <laughs> <laughs> Three-year-olds think it's so funny to just fart constantly. constantly. And at first you're like, okay, yeah, like one, one fart's funny. 
But then after a while, you're just, you're just like, you're just like open air shitting right in front of me. Like basically, like that's really what it is. Like, please don't. It's not funny. Like Everyone's like, oh, you must like like farts if you made a book called Fart Party. And I'm like, nobody likes farts. Yeah, actually, this morning at breakfast, I farted loudly for theatrical purposes at the breakfast table. And my son said, who is seven, I have never heard you fart before. And then he said, because women don't fart, right? Just men. (laughs) (laughs) Where would he even have learned that growing up in your house? (laughs) (laughs) No, I blame these books, these books he's reading. I want to think he got that one from Garfield. That's a... Garfield, highly problematic. We're always piecing apart Garfield. Okay. Yeah, he hates Mondays. He <laughs> hates women. It's like, come on, man. He's lazy. <laughs> so when I got into comedy, I had no idea that the world didn't really want female comics. Like, I, I just didn't think about it that way when I went into it. Uh, and as you have pointed out, this is known as, and I didn't know this, the Dunning-Kruger effect. I have always mm-hmm. called it brave idiot syndrome, personally. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a little more obvious and gets right to the point. (laughs) So I like it. But I understand that it's partially this exact mentality that led you to be a cartoonist. Is that right? Not partially. I would say fully because I didn't have any idea about the world of comics. And I was just like, I can do this. Any idiot can do this. Um, And then it turns out there are a lot of (laughs) rules. But I think if I had followed all the rules, I would not have a career because I would have held myself back. I guess we should explain the Dunning-Kruger effect a little. It's like the less you know about something, the more you're inclined to do it because you think you can because you don't know the rules. So you're like, that's easy. And then you learn the rules and you're like, oh no, I did it all wrong, but it worked. Parenting is very similar. I mean, it doesn't even matter how many things were described to me ahead of time. I just went, I don't understand, or that's not my experience. That's not what my experience is going to be. Yeah, all the facts and things you got to know, like, even as the situation is in front of your face, you don't remember any of it. Nobody knows what they're doing. Did you always want to have kids? No, actually. I very much did not want kids um, until I was mid-30s. I've always liked kids. I just didn't want them for me. I mean, I, I even had an abortion when I was 33, which is pretty late in the game to be like, I've made the decision. No. Right. Um, and then I got pregnant again when I was 35. And I was like, ah. I don't, maybe I want to do this. I think I want to do this. Miscarried that one. Then I got intentionally pregnant at 36, I think. 37? So, yeah, it was a quick turnaround, but I kind of don't... It's not like I don't like saying that, but it makes me feel like people who don't want kids might second-guess their opinion just because they heard someone else say that, but I don't... I don't know. It's weird. And now that I'm a parent, I'm going to say, if you don't want kids, you're probably making the right decision. Yeah. I think one of your specialties in your writing and your comics is to find humor and um, relatability and very sad topics, painful topics, something I like doing as well. Uh, and you did talk very openly about your miscarriage. Now, just out of curiosity, when you're tackling a topic like that, do you find writing about it cathartic? So some stuff I find too hard to really write about as it's happening. I have not written about having an abortion because I still have some issues around it. The miscarriage was like, because it's kind of something that was not my decision was easier to write about, even though it was sadder. I had a harder time with the miscarriage, but there's something about not 
feeling like it was my choice that kind of less, it made it easier to write about where I'm like, this is something that's happening to me and I'm going through it. And, um, I could also find the little bit of humorous parts of it, even though it was a very sad time. Um, but I wrote the comic about it while I was going through it, mm-hmm. which you can tell because I ended that comic saying that then everything soon, everything goes back to normal, which is very much not true. When you have a miscarriage, things don't go back to normal and you're sad for a long time. Um, and I felt bad about that ending, but I made that ending like three weeks after it happened. And it was more like a hopeful, like a wish, like right. hopefully I'll feel better soon. When I put difficult issues like into a comic and turn it into something that is ostensibly funny, I guess, yeah, it kind of makes me feel better about it. That's sort of my process of doing that instead of therapy. (laughs) For me, it's the obvious thing about like controlling the narrative. Although I find when I'm writing about the deeper things, like sometimes I'll put it off. Saying like I'm working on a book about having a kid and I've already worked through the miscarriage part and like the hard birth part and all the emergency whatever. But I haven't Mm -hmm. tackled the having the abortion part because I'm like, ah, I'll wait right before my book is due. And then I'll have a breakdown and then I won't get my book in on time and everyone will be mad at me and I won't get paid. And that's how I'm going to handle that thing that happened like many, many years ago. I was watching this interview that you did with Noah Van Skyver where you were both reminiscing about your pre-parenting life in terms of your work schedule, which I highly relate to. I mean, I always joke that before I had a kid, I used to say, I don't go to the gym because I don't have time. And now I'm like, oh, I didn't want to go to the gym. Oh, my God. We had so much time. You had all the hours of the day. All of them. All of them. Like, I can't even believe it. I, like, do the math, and I'm just like, what did I What did I do with all that time? I watched so many horror movies while looking at my phone. Why? <laughs> Why? I mean, I do that now, but now I have a reason to. It's because I'm tired mom. <laughs> yeah, I would work on comics for 16 hours a day, and now I'm like, are there even 16 hours in a day? Like, what? And yet I'm still so good at wasting time. Yeah. How are you adjusting to your work schedule? Are you very regimented and routine or are you just stealing it wherever you can? Well, for the first year after I had my son, um, we had no daycare, no babysitting, no help. And my husband worked full time because it was 2020. (laughs) Right. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with that year. (laughs) So that was like, I didn't do anything almost for a full year. Once my spouse took the kid out for four hours and I was just like, what, what do I do? And then I sat on the couch eating his, my kid's snacks and like looking at photos of him. And I was like, oh my God, why? It's <laughs> like, that's so dumb. And that that's pretty normal. I think of the first year, you just don't know what to do when someone finally takes the baby away. You're like, who am I? But then we moved and we found a daycare. And for the first two days he was in daycare, I just sat in the bathtub. He's in preschool now. He's there at like eight o'clock eight to four, and I can work that chunk of time. I still dick around way too much. But it's now that I know how much time I don't have, I use it much more wisely. Yeah. Now, did you find as a mother, I mean, a lot of us go through a pretty radical identity shift, especially, and if you're creating off of your own identity, it can be really hard to find your new voice in your work. Did you at all like think about that or have any issues? I feel like when I had my kid, I didn't have a big identity shift. I hear about that a lot. Like people are like, I don't know who I am. I feel like I lost myself in this process. And, um, and I've said this before, but I always kind of just felt like I was still very much me, but with a kid. 
But I guess the identity I did lose somewhat was my work identity. And I still haven't fully found my voice in parenting comics. Like I do the ones about my kid and the funny things he says. And that's easy because he makes that material. I don't have to do anything. But then when I've made some comics about what it's like to be a mom and when he's too young to have a joke in it, um, it turns out my natural voice is very cheesy, which I don't, maybe is not surprising, but I'm like, <laughs> it's just really cheesy. It's, it's like, I just want to talk about like connecting and what it means to be a mother and like womanhood and all this. And that, that that's fine. But like, I didn't know that. I was like, oh my God, I think I might, I think I might be really sensitive and happy. <laughs> Listen, I was always a bit of an easy cry, but now it is insane. It's like the sentimental sweet, like that stuff now hits Mm -hmm. me and I don't like it. Just watching TV and something like it's just a family and they're happy and you're like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. My husband cries all the time at TV now, more than me. And like, I've always been like a pretty, I think easy, but he, I'll look over and if there's anything that's too sweet or anything that's about a, oh God forbid anyone give birth on screen and it's not even like similar to our birth story and I look over and he's just like crying quietly. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. I have some uh, quick, I'm going to call this rapid fire, kind of random questions about work and parenthood. So what is your relationship to time? Like, do you care if your child is late to preschool? This is such a fraught subject in our Really? Yeah, my husband like cannot get out the door in time. And I want to get to work, so I'm always just like, get out, get out of my life. It's time to go. Just go, go. Everyone put on their shoes, get out of the house. And then I see myself as like, I always joke like the mom and Calvin and Hobbes, I see her in such a new light now because she's always screaming about like, get your shit done. But what you don't see is like, she said that so many times and they're still not fucking doing it. (laughs) No. Just go. Do you swear around your kid or do you care about a small kid cursing? I genuinely don't like it when small kids swear because their parents do, because I just think it's kind of gross. Like they should learn how to use swear words more judiciously. Um, My kid so far does not care. Like he doesn't pick up on it. I don't intentionally swear around him, but like one of his favorite songs right now is a Tenacious D song where he's like, I still play fucking video games Mm -hmm. and he'll just kind of sing along with it and doesn't really know <laughs> even though he knows what swear words are because he has friends he has a little friend who will say that word over and over and we're like uh-uh like no you can't do that so he can't knows. control these friends so i was raised in a house where like that was very religious swearing you do not do it ever and i just want to raise him to be like look don't swear at school or you know but if you're gonna swear use it smartly and sparingly which is a <laughs> insane lesson to try and think that a three-year-old would learn the one he does do that i let him is um so every time he takes a shit he yells at me he's like get out go away and i would when he first started doing that i would leave the bathroom but i'd always go jesus christ because he yells at me and so after a while he's just like if i told him to do something he would leave the room and go jesus christ and he's like two and at first I was like, I don't, I don't know. I should, should I say something? So I was like, uh, say cheese and rice. And then my husband was like, what's the difference? He just words. And then he stopped saying it on his own. But. See, I do remember at uh, three, four, maybe five, every, the bag I would carry around when I left the house was just filled with so many wild things on top of my wallet and keys and phone. 
why are there like five cars in my purse? Like, I don't even put them in there. And I'm like at the store, like digging and looking for like my credit card. And it's like, here's a micro machine and here's a truck and here's a fire truck. (laughs) A bag of vehicles. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what is the grossest thing that your son has done of late? So we were at the beach on Sunday and he took off his underwear and was shoving him and his friend, who was a girl. So it was a lot more painful to watch her do this. They were just like shoving sand into their genitals, basically. And I was like, he's going to get sand in his foreskin. Like, then what happens? And my husband was like, well, he'll just pee it out. It's fine. I'm like, well, what about the other, the girl? She's just shoving sand into her vagina. (laughs) And he was like, that's not our problem. Don't worry about it. Um, And then a while ago, he pooped outside, came back in, had poop on his butt. And then I was like, where's the actual poop? And we looked for, I went outside and looked for it for so long and I never found it. So I think that's pretty gross because I'm eventually going to find it by like something, I'm either going to step in it or sit in it or something terrible. Uh, That sounds like a spring mystery. I think you're safe throughout the winter. Yeah, it's going to be like my mother-in-law who finds it, too, by, like, sitting in it. And then we're never going to hear that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me, Julia. Thanks for having me. And now you're going to talk to Emily. I'm going to talk to Emily. And I look forward to reading your next book called Bury Me Already. It's nice down here. Just about so look forward to that, everybody, in 2025. And uh, you can find Julia Wirtz's books out there and around. And also you can read her stuff in print and online all over. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I am here in studio, which is always my favorite. You know, when the New Yorkers are able to brave the subway to come see you. Uh, I feel honored. This guest is a cartoonist, writer, performer, illustrator, educator. She contributes regularly to The New Yorker, Playboy, The New York Times. She's the author of Mama Tried, Dispatches from the Seamy Underbelly of Modern Parenting. And she has a new fun box of cards to inspire creativity and cartooning and uh, encouragement called Joke in a Box. So many things. Emily Flake, everybody. Hi. Hello, Vera. Okay. So let's just let's just get this all together. So okay. um, Tug, her, her nickname is Tug. Her nickname is Tug. Her actual name is Aug- Her government name is Augustine. <laughs> She's 11. Yes. Okay. You have always seemed to me as a very chill parent (laughs) in a way that I aspire to because uh, I feel just completely lost. Am I chill or am I just lazy? (laughs) That's fine. I think that's a real question. Um, Or am I just dead inside? I I don't know. The jury is still out. We'll see. We'll see how she turns out as an adult. Seems to be going all right. I mean, you know, I genuinely like the person that she's becoming. Um, We did get her a phone. Yeah. That made the, like, you can go, you can traverse the neighborhood thing obviously much easier. To her credit, she asked for a flip phone. She was like, I don't want to be one of those kids who has my face in my phone all the time. I don't want to be, like, addicted to it or obsessed with it. And I was like, I am more than happy to get you a flip phone 
And then I asked her, do you know how to text on a flip phone? And she's like, what are you talking about? So I, like, pulled up something on YouTube. I'm like, this is how we used to have to text. And she was like, oh, this looks terrible. I'm like, yeah, it it was. To, like, go through the characters one at a time? Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, I guess guess maybe not a flip phone. Um, So the cheapest thing ended up being just getting, like, an older iPhone and putting it on my plan. So now she has an iPhone, but she is... Very like, am I on it too much? Am I on it too much? Do I seem obsessed? Is everything you know, like that's sweet? It's it's sweet. I'm very. I am. I would like to ride this as long as possible. Yes, you know? right. So she's also, as this story may indicate, like very conscientious and very like rules oriented. <laughs> um, God, I so, love her so much. like, I mean, it's good. There, I feel like she's gonna need a little. A little bit of fuck you energy, you know, like going into Right, so she doesn't get taken advantage of. Yes, exactly. So she doesn't, like, you know, end up turning inward with sadness as puberty hits her. I'd rather, like, I mean, my party line with her is I would rather her be angry at me than sad at herself. And I can see sad at herself already starting. And it's like, I can take what she has to throw at me, and I have that karma coming anyway. Um, I love that you've just laid it out. Yeah. You're like, this is going to be how it's how my yeah. life's going to proceed. Yeah. So. But as of, as of now, she it. is a very sweet and very conscientious uh, kid, you know, to the point where I'm just like, like, relax, it's okay. <laughs> like, just try being a little dead inside like mama. <laughs> Yeah. So does she have a performance, performing bug at all? She loves comedy. If I had to guess, I would say she's going to tend more towards, like, writer producing. Um, She's not a kid who's just like, look at me. She doesn't have, like, theater kid vibes. Um, But the middle school she's going to is, like, super, super arts heavy. So, like, sixth grade, they do, like, a little bit of each thing. They do theater and... Uh, graphic design is it and new visual voices? art. It is new voices. Oh, yeah, she goes awesome. to new voices. Yeah, okay. everyone. That's a uh, Brooklyn. It's a very good Brooklyn middle school that is arts focused. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, like it was her first choice, and she had a pretty good lottery number in the weirdness of choosing a public middle school in New York. But like looking at the website, I'm like, this is like better than my undergrad. You uh, are going to have a great see. Time. That is the upside of this this crazy yes. expensive city mm-hmm. is that if you are uh, if you win the lottery, yeah. as it is. <laughs> To get your kid into a school, Mm -hmm. some of the stuff is pretty amazing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you grew up in Manchester, Connecticut. I did, Manchester, Connecticut, the city of village charm. Is is, that the slogan? That is the slogan. Um, I have joked often that there are at least three lies in that slogan, (laughs) um, which is a little unfair. It like. So it was, you know, it's a small city outside of Hartford, um, which a friend of mine describes as the filing cabinet of America, which I think is such a great line. It's an ex-mill town. Uh, They manufactured silk until the 50s. Um, I was lucky enough to have grown up when there was, like, like a healthy and thriving, like, punk scene that, you know, changed the entire trajectory of of my life. So I have good things and bad things like anybody else does to say about like the town I grew up in. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you didn't like school. I did not. I was a terrible, terrible student. Um, I got very bad grades. I got a lot of notes of like doesn't work up to potential. I was going through a bunch of stuff that I got out of my parents' basement when they moved. And like 
a lot of the notes were like, has emotional problems. And I was like, really? And I so swear to God. I, I found weird stuff when I went through my stuff, too, that I was like, does like, nobody did, want did no to? One, yeah. Did no one think maybe we should do Anything? something? You know, like, I remember very distinctly several times being put in a supply closet, which no. I think was for my own good. I don't remember. But, you know, it was the 80s. No, like, nothing. you know, unless you were, like, bouncing off the walls, you you know, nobody had, like, a diagnosis or anything. Like, like every other woman our age, I am probably a little bit ADHD. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I think people would do proactively was for, um, like, if you had a stutter or something, you yeah, got some help. exactly. But your daughter totally embraces school, from what I understand. Yes, yeah. She loves school. Um, and she is very, very into grades. She really, like, you know, like, she she wants that gold star. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, this is... I don't know. I don't know where she. I don't know where she. All self motivated. I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, I never hammered on her about her grades because part of me was like, I don't know. I was terrible in school, and here I am alive. And <laughs> John was like, he's like, I did enough to get decent enough grades to get my parents off my back, basically. So neither one of us were particularly, like, you know, academically inclined. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I yelled at her too much when she was a kid. And now <laughs> well, okay, she wait. just wants the approbation no. of other adults. So this is interesting because, again, I have this picture. So t- tell me the real story. I have this picture of you as a parent. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think you have a great kid who, by the way, from what I can tell of when you uh, post some of her work, is very ar- artistically um, talented. Mm-hmm. She can draw. Yeah, yeah, she can. I don't know if you've taught. I mean, she sees you do it all the time, obviously. Yeah, I haven't really taught her much. She that's another thing. She's just very like self directed on. What she has picked up is the oh, this is garbage. This is the worst. I'm the worst <laughs> artist ever. I'm like, yeah, that's my, that's my girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, we we have a lot of talking about self esteem in our in our uh, yeah. <laughs> little world. So, but my again, my vision is that you uh, have this like pretty healthy, relaxed attitude about raising mm-hmm. a kid in New York. Definitely not helicoptery. Would you say, "Oh, I yell at her all the time"? I'm like, "No, come on, let's be real." No, I um, there were certain things that I was very adamant about when she was little. Like, you know, I I hammer pretty hard on like. Kind of courtesy and manners, because I think that's important. We are having a hard time with that one, man. I mean, it's it, it it's tough, because and also it's like I don't know my parents um, are both from Texas, so my entire extended family is Southern, and you go down there and like kids, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, you know they like my cousins would never dream of calling an adult by their first name. I still can't call my friend's mom. Andrea, you know, she's Mrs. Clancy. Oh, yeah. Me, like, this is very much how I was raised. Yeah. And, like, you don't step out of that. No, no. And I mean, and I just think that that's important in terms of, I think it helps them, um, it helps disabuse them of the notion that they're the center of the universe. Um, and I think that that's an important, like, you know, thing to get into a kid's head. Yeah. Um, okay, so any tips? Do you have any tips? Because I basically say to Lucas all the time, you you are speaking rudely to me. Mm-hmm. He mm. speaks to me like we are buddies. Mm. And I tell him he can't speak to me like that. And a lot of it is around, actually, a lot of it is around 
me controlling his screen time. Ah, of course. Yeah. I should preface this by saying I don't know that I have, like, advice per se, because that would imply that I ever had a plan or any idea what I was doing, which is 100% not the case. Um, But I think, you know, consequences being swift and stern when I was able to, like, push that through was generally helpful. Um, Did you punish? Yes, absolutely. Like what? Um, you know, take away something that she liked. Yeah. You know, we did timeouts. Um, but I think also she is just by nature a, a kid who I don't think I made her rules oriented. I think she was already there. And, so you just you know, to- so, yeah. Um, but, you know, I still lose my temper more than I think is 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 great. I mean, there are times when, like, I would lose my temper with her when she was little that, like, still I just feel such this, like, hot, burning guilt. Uh, oh, <laughs> Emily, I think of—let me think. This was probably two years ago now. We went to see my sister. It was winter. It was uh, in Canada. It was unreasonable winter. Lucas was, like, mean to—he was just causing chaos mm-hmm. everywhere. He was so unhappy. Mm-hmm. And instead of feeling empathetic, I just screamed at him. Yeah. And I ripped him out of my sister's house to go to the playground, like, all bundled up mm-hmm. in the winter. Because that's what we did as yeah, kids. Exactly. So fun. Yeah. And he was still a jerk. Mm-hmm. And I got so mad at him, I made him— run around the football field <laughs> two times. Mostly because I was like, you just got to do something active, right. and I need to co- cool yeah. down. But yeah. he was crying while he <laughs> was running. And uh, I feel I think about it all the time. But did it make him too tired to be a jerk anymore that day? I think he continued to be a jerk. <laughs> I think it did zero impact. No, and I mean, you just, I don't think anybody escapes parenting without, like, those little moments that are crystallized in your head is like, oh, man. I know my mother has those. Everybody loses it sometimes. Like, that is normal, and that is part of being a parent. And sometimes you have to goose them out of whatever bullshit spiral they're in, you know? <laughs> that is true. Like, sometimes you've got to be like, hey, absolutely, you know, this shit will not stand. I have tried when I needed to speak sharply to make it an intentional choice and not a, you know, my rage panther has left the cage. <laughs> Uh, situation. So, you know. Uh, and how is John, your uh, husband, her father, with this? S- similar? I think he is more intentional with his speaking sharply. Okay. Um, but also, when I lose my temper with her, it comes to me with a lot of baggage from my upbringing and my childhood. I don't think he has that. You know, he is... <laughs> Canadian boy. Cana- night, yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> I know this about him. Right. Listeners, in case you're wondering, why is why is that coming out of the <laughs> <laughs> Um I, I think he just, he's not a guy with a lot of baggage. Yeah. Um, so, God, I, I know. Love him. I know. Cra- just obscene. I think he breaks a little easier than I do. Like, um, he, he can't, like... Oh, he gets played. He does a little uh. bit, you know, and like... She was climbing into her stroller when she was one and a half, and it fell backwards, and she hit her face on the ground. It was awful. Um, oh, God, yeah. And, you know, her teeth went through her lower lip, uh, made the whole, you know, like, it, yeah. so much blood. Um, I have never seen him panic except for that moment. Like, he 
he was completely like undone by this. And he rushed and he was holding her and her face was like in his chest. And he's like, I can't look, I can't, you know, and I was like, so I'm like, I for once have to be the one that's not panicking. And I was like, all right, I'm going to need to see her face. And I was like, I had like two seconds to prepare myself of like, what if her face is just pulp? <laughs> Which of course it wasn't. Um, we, we had to bring her in for stitches and he was, you know, we had to hold her down basically while they sewed her lip. And he was he just turned completely gray in the face. She's this precious little girl, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I know what you're up to, young lady. <laughs> you, fa- you found his threshold. You're uh-huh. like, oh. 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 Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if this is still the case, but, I, you know, you're very prolific. I feel like I'm astounded at the amount of uh, stuff you pump out. And I remember... We were talking about hours because I find it very hard to find the hours for kind of bigger projects. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you were working off hours from everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, Is that still the case? You were sort of starting late at night, going to the morning, sleeping, Mm -hmm. and then kind of continuing. A little less so now. I find it harder to stay up at night. Um, I'm just basic. Now I'm just tired all the time. I think I've been tired all the time my whole life, but I used to be able to kind of like push through it a little. Um, But that that just gets harder and harder. Yeah. And I'm glad it looks um, like I'm prolific. Um, (laughs) I I just feel like 90 percent of my time is spent with my head completely up my own ass, like just being unable to get out of my own way. In my heart, I just feel like a lazy, disorganized fuck up. Um, But it is nice to hear that some of the things I'm like pushing out of the nest look like birds. (laughs) Birds, not turds. (laughs) And now she, you know, she walks to school and she walks home. Like there's like a little less a little right. more wiggle room in the day. Life is over. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, like last night, I worked on stuff, like, with her in her room, because her room has an AC and my little office doesn't. So I'm like, is it cool if I, like, come in here and dry? And she's like, of course. She's like, you can come in my room and hang out anytime you want. So, like, we just hung out on her bed and, like, worked on stuff together. Oh, and that was that. Oh, really God. lovely. That was like, that was like, oh, this is... This is the best. There are occasions, because my son is an early reader and he loves reading, mm-hmm. so there are few times on a weekend morning where I will be awake and he will be awake and we will sit on the couch both reading. Mm-hmm. And I love it. This is the dream. The most joyful thing. <laughs> All right. I've got some sort of, it's sort of rapid fire. They're Ooh. not really rapid fire. Just They're going to be coming from different directions, these questions. <laughs> Did Tug ever go through a princess phase? Not really. Interesting. Yeah. And now she is a hard no on all of that shit. Like her, she's got her aesthetic figured out and it does not include pink. Basically, she wears exactly what I would have worn in 1992. <laughs> um, we just got her a little paradox. Thank yes! God. She can still fit into youth sizes, which is great because that's like a $75 yep. boot instead of a, I'm like, I'm not spending $200 on a child's boot. Um, okay, if you found out you were pregnant right now, thought, first thought. <laughs> I just heard a guttural <laughs> thought. That was your answer. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I love to hold other people's babies. I mm. would not want to do all of that over again. And if she was such a dear baby, but, like, what if we had, like, a shitty baby that we didn't like? <laughs> You know, people say, right, the problems change, mm-hmm. but they do get more complicated. Yes. So what's the complicated problem that you're like, oh, we're dealing with this right. now? I think she will be prone to anxiety and depression. 
I know what runs in my family. And if like if she gets away with just depression and anxiety, I think she'll be doing pretty good. So I fingers crossed, fingers just crossed. your right yeah. of the middle. Yeah, just you know, your normal sads <laughs> and worries. Um, as middle school sort of gels, um, okay. she had. I really liked her kind of like group of friends that she was um, with in elementary school, and we'll see how middle school goes. I mean, like there, it's too early to tell like what her group is going to be, but she's she's still like in contact. Like she walks to school with a friend who isn't in any of her classes, but they walk home together. They're all all of the kids are navigating this world with the added dimension of the internet and social media oh, yeah. and text groups and this and that and the other thing and it's um yeah it's it's a wild west i don't know <laughs> i know this is this is where you i mean i really feel my age because it's it's even with something like youtube for mm-hmm. lucas who wants to watch these like youtubers and a lot of them it's just like memes and talking about video games right and uh i don't know what that looks like cuz i don't watch that stuff so i don't even know how to control it or not control exactly, it cuz exactly. i don't watch it yeah. and then the idea that i'm going to sit down and watch it oh <laughs> no I mean, my thing with Tug, I'm like, you can watch whatever you want as long as it has a plot. She was obsessed with How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Um, we watched Killing It together. Even though, I mean, it's oh yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. It's so good. Okay, it's okay. like not necessarily appropriate, but I don't fucking care. Um, but you know, she gets very, very into like series, which I'm like, fantastic. Watch all the TV you want. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. So everybody, Emily has this amazing thing called Joke in a Box. A bunch of prompts and advice and, you know, it comes in a happy little yellow box and it's coming out on Halloween. Check that out on Halloween. Buy it. Follow her everywhere at Emily Flake. And I'm sure if you uh, read any magazine that has a cartoon or a comic, you will see her work. One hopes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe now to this podcast and pass along to a friend. Also, we'd love if you would review it. Just go on to Apple Podcasts and give it whatever you think it deserves. Five. I think five, right? Just do five. For updates and more content, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at Parenting is a Joke on X at Parenting Joke. We have a Substack with new content every week. Just go to Substack and search for Parenting is a Joke. And we have merchandise. Get our bundle of a kid's Hydro Peak water bottle branded with future lost and found item written on it. Because we know. A reusable sandwich bag with I'm a great parent on it. And a t-shirt, very soft t-shirt, that reads Low Supply, which is my band's name based on my breastfeeding failures. (laughs) We laugh now. For more live shows, go to OphiraIceberg.com and you can follow me everywhere at Ophira E. Our episode is produced by me and Julie Smith-Clem. Our editor is Nina Porzuki. Our sound designer is Tita Toby Mack. Our digital marketing is done by Laura Vogel. Our theme song and music is by Adira Amram and The Experience. Special thanks to all of the engineers at CityVox. And I'll leave you with a song from Lucas he calls Unawesome Dad. Unawesome Dad! Very good. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet. Your eyes open and your mind out there, way out there, turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.